That's right. Welcome in. Welcome back, everybody, to an ACC title game edition of the Always Pigskin Show. If ever there was an appropriate year for a Notre Dame guy and a Clemson guy to come together and do shows, we have the perfect year. What do you think, Pigskin? It is the perfect year. I, I, like I said, I would not be doing this show with you if, if Notre Dame wasn't in the ACC. It's not like I like you or anything. I don't blame you for that, actually. I really don't. But I think we had that agreement before we knew all this stuff was going to blow up. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I think we, so. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I would still do a show with you, John, whether you're in the ACC or not, buddy. I Hey, even when we're not, we're halfway. Doesn't that count? Yeah, no, not in my mind. We'll talk yeah. about that later, though. Yeah, exactly. Right. So here we are. We got the game Saturday. Notre Dame won round match one. What are you thinking? Advantage Notre Dame. Or is it? Do you remember back to our first meeting here on YouTube? Not our first, but our, our most recent meeting here on YouTube prior to the first matchup. I said, what did I say to you, John? I said, I think the team that wins the first time has the or doesn't have the advantage in the second game. And I also said to you, John, if, if, if you were going to pick one of these two games to win, which one would you pick to win? And at the time, Notre Dame was a team that has been longing for a big win, especially against a team like Clemson. The last two times they met, you lost. You said, I need to see Brian Kelly win a big game. I need to know that he can. And I said to you, I'd, I'd rather win the second one than the first one, first of all, because it's a championship game. But now here Clemson is. This game, this game means more to Clemson than it does Notre Dame. Imagine that. Imagine what was it? Uh, that game was played, what, five weeks ago? Imagine then somebody would be telling you this game this, this week means more to Clemson than it does to Notre Dame, with Notre Dame's first and only year being in a conference uh, championship game. Clemson loses their out. I believe that Notre Dame is in no matter what happens in this game. Now, if they lose, it depends on how badly they lose to, to what seed they'll be in. And the last thing Notre Dame wants is to drop to the four seed and have to face Alabama round one. That's the only thing here. But I, I, I aside from the personnel situation, and uh, we can go into that if you want, but aside from the Clemson personnel situation, I, I think that uh, this game is more important to Clemson uh, than it is to Notre Dame right now. Well, yeah. I mean, you you just combined like 10 different points all into one point. Yeah, I'm trying to confuse you, John. Yeah, well, you did a good job because you covered eight of my bullet points for the hour in the first 30 seconds. That's so good job. You. Thank um, you. All. I don't, I'm not comfortable looking at the two game scenario you threw at me. Which one would you rather? I have a hard time totally separating them because to me, they're, intimately connected at least for Notre Dame to where if they didn't play well and win the first one I, there's no chance they would be able to in the second one but at the same time there's no doubt the second one means more I just think if Notre Dame didn't get it done in the first one there's no way they would have been the second one so I wanted to get it while the getting was good you didn't have your quarterback the defense was banged up that was the one and I felt that the pressure was on Notre Dame, especially given those personnel factors. In match one, I felt the pressure was all on Notre Dame. Now I feel like that's flipped because Notre Dame has the one in their back pocket. And that's one question I have for you. From the Clemson side, do they feel that pressure knowing if you if you don't want to be the team that lets Notre Dame come in one year and win the ACC and troll everybody? Do they feel that pressure? If they do, would we even know it? Or is this group of coaches and Lawrence and everybody so used to these big environments, they just keep it moving and we all argue about it on Twitter? Like, where's the pressure level from the Clemson side? I think the pressure is high. But they're used to it. They're all battle-tested. Yeah. The coaching staff, the quarterback. So, again, from a playoff standpoint, let's start there. From a playoff standpoint, the pressure is all on Clemson because if Clemson doesn't win, I don't think they'll get in. 
Now, there's people that that, that disagree with that, but I, I I tend to agree. And by the way, if Clemson loses this game, I don't want them in the playoffs. If you lose twice in the same season to a playoff caliber team, which is what obviously Notre Dame is, I don't think you belong there. Now, having said that, I think it's just hard. And forget Clemson and Notre Dame for a second. Just from a college football perspective, I really believe it's hard to beat a great team twice. That's where I'm coming from with this. And that was my whole, the whole reasoning behind my uh, comments in the first uh, uh, video that we did was, uh, would you rather win the first or the second? Because I think it, it, the winner of the first, no matter who it is, is is behind the eight ball in the second because it's just too hard to beat great teams twice. Well, wouldn't you still rather win the first one? Um, like, uh, like it's not uh, a one or the other. Like even though you're saying it's harder to do, you you would rather have the win in your pocket and say we'll figure that shit out. Of course, it's Saturday, of course. right? Of course, you'd rather win. You'd rather win any game than lose any game. But that, there's no doubt about that. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I believe if you're talking about two great teams. Uh, I would rather be on on Clemson's end of this. Uh, believe it or not, I, it's really hard for people to grasp the fact that Clemson, all the pressure's on them. If they lose, they're out. If, if Notre Dame loses, they're probably still in. It's hard to gr- wrap your mind around the idea that uh, that you would rather be Clemson in this situation. But it, I, but I actually rather would be Clemson in this situation. There is something to be said for vengeance. There is something to be said for retribution. Uh, the way that that game ended was embarrassing. For Clemson, and that, and I'm not taking anything away from what Notre Dame did on the field, but Clemson had the game in their clutches with a couple of minutes left, and they hey, beat. Listen, I got to tell you, as good as that staff is, that last offensive drive Clemson oh, had in regulation, they could have ended that damn game a couple different ways, and, and I, not and even I, with good plays, and I think they could have ended it. Look. And, and I blame this on Dabo Sweeney. And, and so I, I'm, I don't criticize Dabo Sweeney a lot because, I, you know, his big, the biggest criticism with Dabo Sweeney from the outside anyway, not in Clemson world, is, is what the things he says. Now, you can love it or hate it. I happen to love it. And I'm pretty sure that if he was the, the coach of your team, not, not Notre Dame, but your said team, no matter who you are, you'd love that about him too. But on the field coaching, coaching decisions, uh, time management, all those sort of things, Dabo Sweeney has been really good at doing that sort of thing over the years. But this was a, f- a huge blunder. Uh, a lot of people are putting the blame on ETN for, for, you know, for not running out of bounds. I mean, for not falling down inbounds. As, instead, he ran out of bounds. I don't put the blame on ETN because I put that on the coaching. I, before that the drive should have ever happened, they should have gathered the team around and said, hey, the time is on our side. We've got the lead. No matter what you do, do not run out of bounds. Talking to the entire team. That clearly did not, that conversation didn't happen. And ETN, uh, by, by mistake, uh, did run out of bounds. Game might have ended differently. But I think these are two very evenly matched teams. Forget the personnel. Forget, forget Trevor Lawrence not being in there. Forget the, the defensive star. Every team can make an excuse. Well, this guy was out. This guy had a hangnail. This guy had a, a, a toe fungus, whatever it is. Okay, great. The, the, there's a reason there's 85 scholarships and not 10. Okay. You have backups. You recruit well. Clemson's been recruiting well for a long time. They have the championship pedigree. There is no excuse for what happened in that game. I still would rather be Clemson in Charlotte even though the, all this, the, and maybe that's, maybe Noah John, maybe that's the reason I am so confident. Or maybe, maybe that's the reason that uh, I feel like Clemson uh, has the upper hand in this game is uh, they have the championship pedigree. They've been there, there before. And I really believe that Clemson plays better ball when their back is against the wall and when they're not the favorite. And I mean, technically they're the favorite in Vegas, but we saw what happened in, in South Bend, uh, you know, five weeks ago. Yeah, I, I I understand that. And uh, I mean, there I don't expect pressure to be an issue for Clemson. The quarterback's experience, Dabo's experience, the staff is like, I, I don't expect that to really affect them. Um, you know, I it, it's this is all just so weird and unique from a Notre Dame perspective. The idea that you would go into a game of this magnitude with leeway where it's not you lose and your dreams are over. It, it's it's a weird place to be. You mentioned the worst case being Notre Dame loses, drops to four, plays Alabama right away. That's not the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is 
you lose by four touchdowns, they drop you totally out. I don't trust any logic this committee has. I want to know what the number would be if things went really bad for Notre Dame to where they're not even in it. I don't see that happening. I don't think it's likely, but I wonder what that number is. Um, and and you're absolutely right, though. You, you don't want to drop to four, play Alabama as your welcome gift. I, I'm not sure there is a number, John. And I've, and I've thought about this a lot. And, you know, through doing my shows and then and, and chatting with people in the chat and, and having they, they, they have the biggest win of the college football year so that, that helps no matter what and, and and if if you trust the playoff committee which nobody does you have they, they've already set a precedent yep. so they set a precedent this last week with florida florida loses to a three-win uh, unranked lsu team they already have a loss to a&m and they only dropped one spot so I don't think I don't really see a number. I mean, the number might be seventy-five to nothing that where 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 Notre Dame gets knocked out. Outside of that, I don't think there is a number. Yeah, I I kind of my thinking is exactly where you were going, and then after seeing their rationale with Florida, yeah, you're, as a Notre Dame guy, you're going okay. Like, are we just in then? Because you know, so uh, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, what here's one thing I've been thinking about leading up to this show that I wanted to ask you, what do you think is going to be a bigger difference in this game than the first game from the Clemson side? Do you think it's getting your defense healthier or having Lawrence back? Which is the bigger factor you think will impact this game? That's a great question. And here, and this is a debate between Clemson fans that I've been seeing and Clemson fans are split 50, 50 on this. Some people think that the leadership qualities, the experience of Trevor Lawrence, uh, things would have ended differently in, in the first game. And I can't really argue with that. It's, it's hard to debate a negative, right? Because he wasn't there. We don't know what the difference would have been. We don't know what the playbook would have looked like between DJ and Trevor. Having said that, DJ, for, his, <laughs> for, for a freshman, played amazing. I mean, he had 440-something. 439, and that's the most passing yards ever given up Right. against Notre Dame, and they ended up winning. It was the, just the weirdest thing ever. Right. So DJ played amazing. He did everything you could ask a true freshman to do on the road in a big game in South Bend. I mean, th the guy played amazing, but still not Trevor Lawrence. We don't know what the difference would have been. There's also, a, I mean, I think the main thing in that game with Trevor Lawrence not being there was the chemistry between ETN and Lawrence. We saw what the Notre Dame defense did. As sh I mean, they completely shut ETN down. Uh, do you know what his stats were? I, and I, he had, he had like, they were so depressing, I, I blocked them out. He had like 34 yards rushing. I think that might have been the entire team, buddy. I think he might have had I, less than that. I mean, it, and, and you actually lead me down my next path, which is I'm telling all the Notre Dame people, it, it's all Lawrence, 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 Lawrence. But from the Notre Dame side, if they don't do an A-plus job against the run again, it ain't going to matter. So to, I don't care if Lawrence is back or Joe Montana is playing for you guys or what. If they don't do a, a job of stopping the run again, I, I don't see Notre Dame winning this game. So that's number one, even with Lawrence back. They, yeah. they got to do that again. That's priority number one. So from an X's and O's standpoint, I don't want to get too far into the weeds with the X's and O's here, but uh, but the reality is, when, when Lawrence is on the field, he's a, he's a dynamic run threat, and the RPO game is uh, in a whole different level. DJ, although he's a big guy, he's fast and all that, he's still not an experienced runner. He wasn't a runner in, in high school. He hasn't played enough in college to really uh, uh, establish himself as a runner, and he was battling a shoulder injury. They were trying not to run him, which is completely out of the wheel works for Clemson. Clemson loves running their quarterback. They always have under Dabo Sweeney. No matter who the offensive coordinator is, it's been a theme for Clemson for the past 12 years, running your quarterback. We will see that more, and Trevor Lawrence's ability to extend plays with his legs or do RPOs or design quarterback runs will cause the defense to respect that and that opens it things up obviously in the passing game and with travis Etienne. that's the biggest difference on offense defensively you you will this will not be the same team that you saw uh, a month ago having tyler davis back in the middle of the of the defensive line having the the quarterback of the defense james skalski back is going to be huge and having mike jones back as the other linebacker will also be great because he's the best cover 
linebacker that Clemson has. So Ian Book absolutely torched Clemson in that first game with his legs. And this is an MO of uh, this might be one of the most impressive things about Ian Book and one of the most underrated things, unless you're an Irish fan, you know this. He is an absolute baller with his legs, deceptively fast, really twitchy, smart. He knows when to run, when not to run. How many rushing touchdowns does Ian Book have this year? I have no idea. And you know what else, though? I got to tell you, all those attributes you just brought up, he didn't display the first handful of games of the year. And then it's like, and I was there complaining about it. All yeah. of a sudden, the light went on and he's not panicking. He's buying time. He's making good decisions, knowing when to bail and run, knowing when to bail but not cross the line and find a guy. It's all come together for him the last half of this year. Um, he's playing the best football of his life. I mean, there, there's no way around it. Um, but one thing I'm, I'm having nightmares thinking about is Lawrence faking that handoff to ETN. Everybody's going this way and he pulls it and goes out the other way and throws it or it's wide open. What Notre Dame did the first time is had our best linebacker, Owusu Karmoa, shadow ETN wherever the hell he is. Mm. That was his job. You're, we're not going to let this guy beat us. If the young kid throws and beats us, we could live with it. That was the plan. That plan's going to have to be altered because they're also now going to have to count for Lawrence pulling the ball and, and running or extending plays. That's one thing I'm worried about. Um, and then the other thing with Lawrence, I think because he's older, his read progressions are going to be better. His timing's going to be, his clock's going to be better. Like all the things that come with having an upperclassman, really good quarterback. Um, what I've been saying is, do I expect Lawrence to throw for more than DJU did in the first game? No. No, I don't. But I expect him to be maybe more efficient with when he does throw or reading things a little better um, and also with his legs. So that's kind of what I'm on alert for. But if Notre Dame doesn't shut the rundown, it's it's going to be a really hard task. So to me, that's still primary focus number one. It has to be. Notre Dame's going to sell out to stop the run. That yep. was their, their plan in the first game. Uh, it worked out for them in the long run. Although, I mean, it still was a high-scoring game. It wasn't like they shut Clemson's offense down completely. But I just think that, the, I, again, I, I think that Ed Lawrence adds another element to the game, uh, maybe it might not show up on the stat sheet, but it will show up on the scoreboard. That's then, that, and that's all it really all that matters. Defensively, though, Clemson, um, man, again, we we talked about how it's hard to beat a great team two times in a row. Imagine having to out scheme Brent Venables two times in a row when he has film on you from four weeks ago. Yep, and and we talked about that the the first time. Yeah. I said, no matter what happens, it's no treat giving him about a, a, over a month to look at everything. Yeah. And Notre Dame's still going to try and establish the run. They're going to. That's their identity. Yeah. Uh, they've been pretty good at doing it. Uh, losing their center for the year was a big a big loss. Um, but that's what I've been saying is how does. Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, adjust off of Venable's adjustments. Like when when you get into these rematches, that's where this comes into, into play. So who's going to do a better job of adjusting off the adjustments? Notre Dame can't think they're just going to come in and do the exact same thing. Clemson's too smart for that. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do differently um, because like you said, you you can't just roll in there figuring the same thing will work. And something that, that I'm looking forward to, or, well, I'm hoping happens in this game is something that did not happen in the last game, and, and that is Clemson gets out to an early lead. Yep, and it's a big saying, factor. I'm not saying a crazy lead like 28, yep. 28 to 9. I'm saying 14, and, let's say it's 14 to nothing or 21 to 7 in the first half. Is Is Ian Book really qualified or, or or is he up to it to uh to pass his way back into a game and that's what it's going to come down to i think if notre dame is to win this game they're doing it on ian book's arm 
And forgive me, and I'm not, I'm not trolling you or anything. I'm asking you legitimately, of all the games that's happened this year that, that, uh, that the Irish have won, how many of those have come on the arm of Ian Book? Well, Clemson, <laughs> you know, oh, to yeah, some yeah, extent well, on that well, last drive. Yeah, on that last drive, yeah. You know, on the last drive. But here's the thing. That's not Notre Dame's game. And it's a huge factor chasing a Lawrence led team from behind. Notre Dame is not built for that. They're built for a seven minute drive where they throw it to the tight end a couple of times, run some zone scheme, run plays and, and go down the field that way. That's where Notre Dame's most comfortable. That's where they're most effective. If they have to, they could push it down the field, but that's not the way Notre Dame's built. So I agree with you. Getting off to a good start early is really important for Notre Dame. Think about it. Who do you feel more confident in? Lawrence, if he has to throw the ball to get back in it or do something like that? You know, like, so getting off to an early start again is huge. Notre Dame had that big run right away in the first game. That set the tone for everything. Set the tone from minute one. Um, so a fast start is key. Notre Dame does not want to have to chase in this game. That's, that's not what they're built to do best. They're just not. Now, a question I have for you is those defenders are back. Are they healthy or are they back, but they're still dinged or, or are they back and they're good to go? So according to what the coaching staff says, and that's all I can go off of, they say they're a hundred percent. So, you know, I don't know about that. They said the same thing during the last Clemson game when Skowski came back. They said he was 100% and he was out on the sidelines in the second quarter. I think that's why um, I'm asking that because I remember seeing him and then them saying, yeah. okay, now he's back back pulled off. Um, yeah. But that see, the difference between that game is uh, he wasn't injured. I think he might have had some soreness and they just took him out because like we don't need him. Like yeah. we, we're, we're looking ahead to Notre Dame and there's no yeah. reason to even risk it. So I, I think it'll be okay. I, I think that I, I think for all intents and purposes, now we do have a couple of wide receivers out that have been out for several games, but there are two, you know, there are two starters, uh, both uh, Frank Ladson and Joe and God are, are not playing, or maybe one of them is, but I, I don't know, but I'm not, I, I never expected them to play anyways. So, but, but as far as the injury list for Clemson goes, they are more healthy this week than they have been since week one as a, as a, as a total team. So I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, that that's one one question that I did have. How about um, how about the Irish though? Uh, as far as the injury front goes, I think other than the center that was out for the year, they're pretty yeah. damn healthy. And we got a receiver who's been out all year that was good, but he wasn't there for the first game. So it's it's pretty much. I do like the fact that I feel like we're both relatively as healthy as you could be this time of the year um, coming into this. But I, you know, here's the thing. Like, yeah, Notre Dame people are a little on edge with Lawrence coming back and what that could look like. I think what Notre Dame people keep coming back to is it's like, yeah, Lawrence might be able to pass his way to victory here or whatever. Notre Dame people feel pretty confident about what they did up front on both lines in the first matchup. And that's a big that's been a big concern of Notre Dame in these bigger games. It just becomes apparent that up front they're getting pushed around. This was really the first one where that didn't happen. And, and people are encouraged by that saying, you know, even if Lawrence comes back, physicality is physicality. You should be able to hold up there. That's what I think is giving me, Comfort, I guess, is just knowing we could hang with the big boys up front. Yeah, sure. Look, um, I'm trying to think, and I'm not a statistics guy. I think statistics, I mean, they're great. They don't tell the whole story. I'm I'm sitting here trying to think defensively of a team in college football that is better than Notre Dame's defense. They're pretty good. So good that we're losing, so good that we're losing our coordinator to Vanderbilt. They're not, they're not pretty good, John. They're great. They're great. And I think they're, I think they're underrated. And, and the thing is, welcome to the ACC, by the way, because this is what happens when you join the ACC, even if it's only for a year. 
anything you do, we, we might have the best defense in the country, but you play in the weak ACC. Well, okay, maybe that's true. Maybe the ACC sucks. Maybe Notre Dame is way out, uh, you know, uh, on a higher class than, than the rest of the ACC. But did you see Notre Dame's defense push around or Clemson's offensive line? Is Clemson a scrub? Maybe, maybe, maybe you think that they are. Not you, but yeah. other people. Yeah, I get you. No, no uh, look, Notre Dame's defense is elite. They're elite. This, this, is there a better defense that you've seen under Brian Kelly than this year? Definitely not under the yeah. Brian Kelly era. No, the twenty, I, the twenty twelve defense, the team that went twelve and zero and then got blown out by Alabama. That defense ended up giving up less points, but there's no way it was this deep, athletic, big, or fast. Just no. There's just no way. Right. This is the best defense of the Brian Kelly era by far. Yeah, and and you can tell you'll you'll see this weekend uh, that will play out on the field. They respect that Clemson and, and Tony Elliott and Dabo Sweeney, who are the main offensive minds on the team, have for Notre Dame's defense. They are going to make sure that the ball gets out of Lawrence's hand as quick as possible because they, they, because they know how good the pass rush is. I think they know there's a, a, a mismatch of from from Notre Dame's defensive line to Clemson's offensive line. And that's been the same all year, but but I think they're going to scheme for that. They're going to get the ball out of his hands quickly. They're going to do a lot of screen passes. You're going to see a lot of a lot of passes early thrown behind the line of scrimmage. You're going to see a lot of handoffs to ETN, and they're going to of course make you shut down ETN before they start doing the, the, the down the field passes. But uh, but Notre Dame's defense is, is as good or better than anybody's in the country that I can think of this this season. You, you know what I like most about this defense? Obviously, they've done a good job with talent and development, identifying guys, you know, all that. What's impressed me the most is they adjust very, very well, and I am not used to that from Notre Dame. We've had a lot of games this year where the first couple defensive drives, teams move the ball or score on us, happened against North Carolina. They scored 14 points real quick, scored three for the rest, three and a half quarters, gave up three points. So uh, Clark Lee has been really good at making adjustments early on. And and the defense has been great. It's the backbone of the program, and it has been for a handful of years. And now Clark Lee's going to Vanderbilt, so we're losing him. So we could have a whole discussion on that on in itself. But as far as that uh, that hire goes, first of all, congratulations to Lee going back to his alma mater. That's a great story and everything. And he deserves it. Yeah. How does that how does that worry you? Because we've seen this happen before. You get a you get a guy from a championship level uh, team, and that season gets a job somewhere else. D- does it worry you that his focus is not on this the rest of this season, and it's on what's coming next year with Vanderbilt? I mean, that's yes. a legitimate question. Here's the reality: of course, Notre Dame's going to say we're happy for him. This isn't a distraction. We're all bought yeah. into what we're doing now. Listen. Practically speaking, that's physically impossible. It can't be true. Clark Lee's got to be on the phone putting together a staff for Vanderbilt now. He can't wait till after the playoff. So on a human level, Clark Lee needs to be doing those Vanderbilt things. And he's trying to get us where we want to go this year. It's like the best and the worst thing that can happen. You're excited. You have a great defensive coordinator and a good defense. The downside is people come calling unless you're Venables. Why is he so comfortable there? <laughs> Get him out of here. Let him go coach somewhere. Hey, right here. you know all about that green. You're an Irish guy. Come yeah, on. but if he, he can make more money as a head coach, he just this is just the perfect fit for yeah. Venables. He seems comfortable. He loves it. It's home. It, he seems to love it. Uh, it that's, that's been, a, quite frankly, a blessing at Clemson is that we're able to keep our coordinators for such a long time. And not just the coordinators. It's it's the position coaches. It's the strength. I mean, it's everything. It's a, and, that, and that's a culture you build over, over a certain amount of time. And and Venables himself, uh, he comes up every year for these coaching jobs. He came up for the, the similar coaching jobs that were opened uh, in the past few weeks. And he just said, look, he said, I have a unique situation here at Clemson. I'm obviously compensated very well for my for my uh, services. But it's just, uh, it's you know, it's not all about the money with some of these people. I do believe that, that Venables will leave at some point, um, or maybe he won't leave. I, you know, I've, all, I've been of the opinion, and I could be completely out of bounds here, that he's maybe had a conversation with Sweeney and Sweeney says, look, man, 
you know, whatever, whether it, whatever it is five years, six years from now, uh, I'm going to make my way out of here, whether it's to the, to the NFL or to, to Alabama, my alma mater or wherever it is. And you're the next guy in line. If you stick around and maybe that's what he's waiting on. I don't know. Uh, but Clemson but is Steve, certainly- that's what people wanted to happen with Clark Lee and Brian Kelly. Yeah. That's the exact dynamic we we've talked about. Now, Notre Dame's also just went through this. The defense got good with Mike Elko and Clark Lee was on the Notre Dame staff underneath Elko. Then Elko got a boatload of money when Jimbo Fisher went to Texas A&M. Yeah. So then he followed him there and then we promoted Clark Lee. Um so now, now the question is, you know, do you do that again with the guy in-house at Notre Dame for the continuity of what is working? You know, that's the other yeah. interesting dynamic here is when your defense is crappy and you fire your DC, you look at hiring the next guy differently. Notre Dame's in a unique position because the defense is great. So I know everybody wants the shiny new toy from outside, this is really interesting because there could be an argument for continuity here because what they're doing is working and they're recruiting the guys to run this. So it's going to be interesting to see. But on a human level, there's no way it's not a distraction. Yeah. His time's being divided, and that's a distraction. At the same time, Notre Dame guys love the guy, and they need to make it. We need to send this guy out on a high note. I'm hoping it gives them a spark rather than they all sit there and cry because their guy's leaving. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is I, I agree. You're right. It's it's physically impossible for it not to be somewhat of a distraction. On the other hand, uh, it's all about the players. And, and I don't, you know, I, I don't doubt that Lee is going to be putting his all into preparing for these games or anything. Yeah. Um, it's just, just it's got always, more on his plate. And, yeah. and it's just the way it is. Like, I nobody could be mad about this. Like, I'm happy for the guy. This is just the business. This is how this goes. But John, imagine just let's just uh, play a, a, a hypothetical here for a second. Hypothetically, and I don't think this is going to happen because I just got done praising Notre Dame's defense as being one of the best in the land. Hypothetically, Clemson goes out there and torches Notre Dame's defense. All right. Let's say it's uh, the final score is 45 to 25. Right, Clemson puts up 500 yards of offense. ETN goes off. Trevor Lawrence goes off, has three touchdowns, four touchdowns, whatever it is. How many Notre Dame fans are going to be saying, see, this is a distraction that, 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 for, from Lee? I think that's a stretch. Okay. I honestly do. And I'm like a lunatic with this stuff. And I think that's a stretch. And okay. the reason why is, there's enough body of work with Lee in this defense on the plus side that if that happens, some people are going to go there. But my angle would be you got to tip your cap to Lawrence and all their talent. Um, some people will go there, but I wouldn't. I, I think that's kind of cheap to jab at when the defense has been so great to do that at the end. I'll fail to find anything, anything to jab at, but uh... yeah. So let's take the other angle here, John. Uh, Notre Dame's first and only season in the ACC. We have been just discussing here for some reason, uh, every scenario leads to Clemson winning the game and not losing the game. Let's say Notre Dame does win the game on Saturday, which is, which is by the way, very possible. I mean, I look, they, they beat him the first time. There's no reason to believe him. They can't do it the second time. How big of a, I mean, I know it's one thing. The goal is to win a national title. That's what that's what the, the Irish fans want. And believe me, if, if I was an Irish fan, I'd want the same thing. That's the ultimate goal, especially if you make it this far into the game. You're already probably a shoe in to make the playoffs no matter what happens in this game. But the ultimate goal is to win it all. It's great to win. It's great to beat Clemson in November. It's even greater to beat them in a championship game when, when you've been independent since Jesus walked. But the real goal is to win a national championship. How great... Would that be, forget the national championship for a second, how great would it be for the Irish to get granted this crazy one-year coronavirus ACC deal, make it into a championship game for the first time in Notre Dame's history, and to run through the ACC and Clemson twice like a hot knife through butter and carry that trophy home back to South Bend? 
Would that be almost as good as winning a national championship? I mean, I know it's not. I'm not comparing the two. But would that not be sweet? It it would be so good that I haven't even allowed myself to think of what it would be like. Yes. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Like, like. That's that's like, yes, that's how I think about sex. Like. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously, though. It, it obviously the a championship's a championship. This is the absolute next best thing. The timing of it, trolling the conferences, trolling the ACC, like this would be the ultimate comeback on Twitter to anybody who ever said anything about Notre Dame and conferences again. All you got to do is bring this up. You'll never Notre Dame people will never have to take that crap again yeah. if they pull this off and then leave, it is the biggest troll setup of all time. Yeah. Like, like it would be, I'm telling you, every time I play this out, I stop short of that because I can't even allow myself that joy and what it would be because I'm just, I don't want to let myself down so I don't even process. Dude, it would be the ultimate, like, you could not tell me, John, write up a dream scenario. This would be it. Yeah. This is literally it. It would yeah. be the most epic troll job of all time. It, it would just be, I mean, it, words can't even describe it. If you would like, have told me 12 months ago, not even 12 months ago, hell, six months ago, that Clemson was not only playing for the pride of Clemson after losing in the regular season, and and now their backs against the wall for the playoffs and the and the conference championship. But if you would have told me that Clemson is somehow playing for the pride of the conference, which, all we're, we're, conferences, we're, we're, all conferences. We're, we're, well, I don't know. no, 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 no. We would use this against all conference affiliates. You're carrying that banner for all of them, bud. No, I'm not. No, believe me, the ACC, they're not carrying the conference, the the, the torch for anybody because everybody thinks they suck. But they are are carrying the conference for the ACC for the first time. Well, I I would I wouldn't say the first time. I think that Clemson was carrying the 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 flag for the ACC maybe back in 2015 and 16 when they went in the playoffs, and of course. Uh, that that was at a point where the ACC was on a downward trend. Anyway, but this is the first time I could say that Clemson really is playing for the, for the for the pride of the entire conference. If if you are a fan of another team in the ACC, if you have any sort of ACC pride, you need Clemson to win this game because, like you just said, this would be a yep. thousand year troll yep. job. Yep, it, it it would be the ultimate. Like like, and here's the other thing too is. The other thing with this is the divergent paths of this outcome for Notre Dame. So you got your win in November, although a bit of the shine comes off it because of the personnel losses. I own that. It was still a huge win, the biggest win in 27 years, but it isn't exactly the same as if you were had Lawrence and everything. Still the biggest win in 27 years, though. But where we're at is, there's a huge difference between losing to Clemson here, then being in a 1-4 matchup with Alabama, having that go bad, versus pulling this off, the most epic troll job ever, and oh, by the way, now you'll be a two and not have to play Alabama round one. These are two extremely opposite paths here. So the troll job's part of it, but the best part about it would be be setting up the playoff to where you can avoid Alabama round one. I, I like the the idea of Notre Dame being in the ACC. I think it's worked out great for the conference. I think it's worked out great for Notre Dame. You know, John, there's a lot of people out there. I saw something today that said some sort of hypothetical thing. What would Notre Dame's record have been had they played their original schedule before joining the ACC? They would have had three losses. What three losses would those have been, John? Can you can you enlighten me? What 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 on Notre Dame's original schedule was that much harder than what they played this year? The, the, you know, See, the part I saw that too, and the part I really don't get is is a part of the three losses that they built in one to Clemson that already didn't happen because yeah, outside so. of Clemson, who yeah. the hell are they going to lose three games to? 
<laughs> because they already beat Clemson. So if you were going to mark one of those as the three, is it going to be USC? No. Come because on. We, oh, okay, so it would it would have had to been Wisconsin. They would have had to build. No, that wouldn't have been the contest. So where are the losses then? There isn't any. This is my point. With that nine and three, I'm struggling to find the That's three. My point. I don't see. The, I don't see the record being any different. I, no. I was I was playing this out in my mind too. And was, it, was Northwestern on there? You'd be no. Northwestern. No, it was Wisconsin was a big game we lost. Okay. USC was the other big game we lost. That's pretty much it. Stanford, but they they weren't going to beat us this year. No, come on, they're terrible. So to me, the two toughest games were probably the ones we played anyways: North Carolina and Clemson. That's my point. So, so yeah. here's what I'm getting at here is, is I believe that the, the, and and things change every year, but I believe that your ACC schedule was tougher than the one you would have had before. I don't, I don't know about that. Well, Wisconsin's no good. Wisconsin, have you seen who they played and who they've lost to? They're yeah. Yeah, and well, see, here's the thing. Now we were going to play Wisconsin very early in the year when they were looking good. If you had to bet any amount of money that mattered to you, whether it was five dollars or five hundred dollars, if North Carolina played Southern Cal tomorrow, who would you pick? North Carolina. Okay, there you go. That like, been yeah, North Carolina. USC wouldn't stop them. Outside of Clemson, Southern Cal would have been the toughest game on your schedule on the original schedule, and North Carolina would beat them. We both know that. Probably, I would say yeah. so. So I don't, I don't, you know, I think. And by the way, this is this is even more credit to, to the Irish. Um, I mean, the the ACC is what it is, but you played out of the entire ACC. You played two of the top three teams in it. Yeah, and beat them both, and yep. beat them badly. Yep. So, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Um, when when I look at this. ACC and how this has played out now that we're through the whole regular season. Um, I didn't mind it, but to some degree, just being in the one region and it just gets a little boring when you're used to being all over the place, worrying about all conferences because it all matters to you when you're independent. Being pigeonholed in this one area all year, it, it was just a tad bit boring to me compared to being used to having to worry about what USC is doing way out West. And so it was good, but I, it, yeah, it, I, I need a little more variety. Okay. So we saw, but we saw the, um, we saw the experiment take place this year and that's really what it was. This, this Notre Dame being in a conference experiment. Now we have John Swafford stepping down, starting January 1st, 2022, I believe. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, John Swafford is the current commissioner of the ACC. He's retiring in a year from now, uh, just over a year from now. They have named the next guy. And who is this guy, John? Tell us about him. Okay, so the next commissioner of the ACC is going to be uh, Dr. Jim Phillips, who's currently Northwestern's athletic director, Okay. Jim Phillips was an associate AD at Notre Dame for a while, had a couple kids go through Notre Dame. Um, Jim Phillips is a guy where you're going to love him. Okay. I know you have your issues with ACC leadership. You've mentioned that to me the entire time we've known each other. Yeah. You're going to like this guy. Okay. Um, Every time, well, for one thing, Notre Dame people wanted him as the next AD when our guy leaves. So that's going to be off, off the possibilities. I have never heard a bad word said about Jim Phillips in Chicago ever. He is very well respected as a businessman and as a regular guy, interpersonally. So you're going to love him. This is a guy, Pigskin, where... Whenever a big-time front office job comes up in Chicago, everybody wants Jim Phillips right away. Like, with all the Bears stuff going on, what are they going to do with their leadership? He's a guy people have said, go ahead and put him in charge of the whole operation. He's good at building it out, you know, delegating, doing whatever you need to do. I'm telling you, I've never heard a single bad word about this guy ever, ever. 
So I think you're going to be very, very pleased. So here is my issue. And I don't, I don't doubt what you're saying. I don't know anything about the guy. Clearly, you know a lot more about him than I do. And, I, and, I, and clearly, he's qualified for the job. You're saying everybody wanted him as an AD. I don't doubt any of that. Uh, here's, uh, there's two ways that I'm looking at this thing. And, and we'll see how it plays out. He obviously has connections to Notre Dame. My biggest, one of my biggest <laughs> criticisms of, of the current uh, staff, John Swafford in particular, is that he is sort of kowtowed to Notre Dame and what they want. I, 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 I still feel as if Notre Dame has benefited slightly more than the ACC has in a, in a way in this sort of agreement that they have. So the one of two things can happen here. With, with this, con, this sort of loose connection to Notre Dame, it can go one of two ways. It can go the way of what I want is will he force the hand of Notre Dame come 20? When, when's that con, TV contract up? What is it? 20, two or three years? Four, yeah, 24, yeah. I thought, something like that. Yeah, sort of right around the same time as the college football playoff contract, uh, ironically enough, and we'll get to that in a minute. But So will he sort of push the issue and try to bring Notre Dame in the ACC? Because as the ACC commissioner, your number one job is to do what's best for the ACC. That would be what's best for the ACC is to bring Notre Dame in in any way, shape, or form. Well, not not any way, shape, or form. We've you seen, already got any way, shape, and it's my game. We've already seen any way, shape, or form, yeah. but permanently in all sports. Or will his connections at Notre Dame allow him to extend what's already happening now, which would be my worst nightmare? It's a good question. Yeah, it is a good I question. Don't, I don't think... I don't think the Notre Dame angle with him is as prominent as you're talking about it being like, like we're talking a very long time ago that he was at Notre Dame. Like, like I, do, I don't, he's still a Midwest guy. He still understands the whole dynamic uh, with, with the Notre Dame independence. I mean, yeah. he's a, he, right. He's a Chicago guy. Now here, let me flip this on you. Let me flip this on you. Yeah. What if it's in the ACC's advantage to have him with Notre Dame respect and and uh, and in there? Maybe Notre Dame's more open to working with him from the ACC right. side. That's what I'm saying. You know, like like because he has the in there. Like, right. listen, that's what I'm, that's why I'm holding my judgment out to see what he, which which side of the coin he's going to play there. Well, but he's got it easy because he could just keep going along with what Swaffer did. Nobody's going to bat an eye except for you. Like, oh, he doesn't have to be the bad guy. He could just let it go as yeah. what it is right now. Yeah. And then he doesn't really have to make decisions. It's like, oh, well, this is grandfathered in. We're going to play that out. Yeah. Here's where I think this comes to a head. Down the road is... Notre Dame people now are seeing the flexibility I talk about with conference affiliation we usually don't have. We're in a position where we could lose the biggest game of the year and still make the playoff. Yes, there you go. That is something we will never have as an independent team. Notre Dame people are living this out this year. The question I think would be if the what's going to happen with the playoff when the TV deal for that expires? Are they going to expand or not? I've texted this to you before. More people at Notre Dame are open to ACC affiliation full-time than I think I realized before. And I think this year hurt. I think they are. I think this year opened up more of those fans too, John. Well, it's hard to not like yes. the flexibility we have right now. Yes, yes. Okay, but if in 2024-25, if we redo the, the playoff situation to where it goes to eight, then I think that eliminates that problem for Notre Dame. You could be yeah. independent, lose one game, and still make the playoff every year at 11-1 and one independent. So to me, I want to see what that playoff structure is like. If it gets expanded to the point where Notre Dame can lose a game and still make it most years, it's independence for life. Yeah. Even if they don't do that, I still think it's independence for life. But I think people are open to it, but I don't think enough to undo a hundred and whatever years of being independent. Well, everything, every great thing's come to an end, John, including independence. Um, uh, hey, but listen, <laughs> here's, 
<laughs> Listen, this is really easy. It's really easy. Redo the playoff and say, if you don't win a conference championship, you're not eligible, period. Oh, look, I, yeah. Like, like, like you could force Notre Dame if you wanted to. They could. Um, they could. You know, but, they but, could. you know. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm going to hold out judgment on this new guy. I'm going to take your word for it that he's not only competent, but a great, uh, a great leader and all that. Uh, but, but the situation, how he works the situation with Notre Dame and, 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 uh, relation to the ACC is something that that, is, that isn't going to be important to me. You know, for you know, a lot of people, John, think that somebody like me who's a Clemson fan, all I should care about is winning conference championships and making the playoffs and winning national championships. And and that road would be easier for Clemson year in, year out if, if Notre Dame was not in the picture. Yep, 100%. But you are looking out for the entire conference and their perception, how yeah. they're perceived naturally. naturally all yes. Time. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're that's pretty mature though. Most fans don't have that view. I don't maybe they do. I don't know. No, most fans don't have that view. I don't know. Or like like but pigskin. When when Notre Dame and Clemson play in a couple days. Yeah. Are all the Miami people rooting for Clemson cuz they hate Notre Dame, but they don't necessarily like Clemson either. Like where does that fall when it comes to those allegiances? Or is it going to be all against Notre Dame keep it in the AC? They just hate Notre Dame. But do you know the, do you know the one thing that that uh, that Notre Dame and Miami have in common? What's that? Being, no, a, pri- being a private school. But I know what no ACC championships is. Neither one of them have an ACC championship ring yet. I feel a lot better about our position in this. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I can't get enough of what North Carolina delivered to them. I can't um, get enough. And you know, he, I got to mention this. I these are front runners, man. You, th- these Miami people love to talk, and then they lose, and suddenly you're blocked on Twitter. They're front runners. Yeah, they're all about it when it's good, and then they lose, and before you know it, always Irish is blocked. And I'm not even allowed to give it to them. That's all right. That means you're doing something right. Do you know how sad it is to be in the ACC for 20 years and not win? Well, when, when did they join the ACC? I don't even know. Because, they, because they've never been relevant. If I knew if they had been relevant in the ACC, I might know when they joined. I want to say 2005 or 2006. That's a long time. Now, wait. Am I wrong in saying aren't they a private school? Isn't Miami yeah. a private school? Oh, yeah, I yeah. Thought. yeah, I thought so. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that would be, and, and that's the thing, man. They're all giving us a hard time and I'm, about the game. I'm like, dude, we're one year, we're already playing for this title game. What yeah. are you talking to me about? I would have loved to see Miami play Notre Dame in their first year in the ACC. I think that the, the whoever made the schedule screwed up with that. Um, but hey, anyway. I would have liked to see Clemson in North Carolina too. Yeah, me too. I would have liked to see you guys play another big game. In the minimum, at least, you know, in a short season, at least Clemson did play both Miami and Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, it would have been better to see my uh, Clemson and Notre Dame play, Miami and Notre Dame play, and then, you know, a round robin deal there, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, there had to be somebody left out, and I guess it was North Carolina. Speaking of the playoffs, man, if I was a Notre Dame fan, Notre Dame fans should be walking around with their head held high this year, and you have another troll job that will last you a century, no matter what happens this season. The big knock on Notre Dame being independent for forever, and if you go back to uh, what was it, 2017, when you made the playoffs, right? 12 and 0. 18. 2018. Sorry, Clemson's there every year. I, I get all these years mixed up. Sorry. Yeah, it's a good problem to yeah, have. Sorry, I, you know. Anyway, 2018. Notre Dame goes 12-0 and in the regular season as an independent team. What's the number one uh, knock on Notre Dame getting in the playoffs, John? What was uh, it? They don't have a 13th data point. Oh, maybe we should go schedule the junior college down the street and then count it as a game. So by 13th data point, you mean they played how many less games than the, than the conference champions? One. And I would argue zero if you take out the junior high schools these hey, teams build hey, in. No, they, hey, One less game, right? I think I know where this is headed, and I want well, you to this, proceed. Yes, this is headed somewhere. Yep. I know where you're going, and, and I like it. Go. Ohio State is sitting there at number four. How many less games have they played than Notre Dame this year? They are going to end up playing five less. Not one, not two, not three, not four, fifth, five. 
How many less games will they play than pretty much anybody in the conversation? Four or five. Hey, pigskin, let me ask you this. Why is USC not getting the, the Ohio State treatment? They're in identical positions. Five well, and oh, playing nobody, sitting there. Why why aren't they getting that consideration? That's they are not the brand name Ohio State. Oh, well, I don't know about that. I think they're as big of a brand name. But not recently. Well, they, they haven't on the field, no. If I'm being objective here, I think the reason is because I have Ohio State in my top four. But I'm just setting this up for for the for the you know the crazy. And I, I was the one that defended Notre Dame in 2018 and said they deserved to be in there. So yeah. I, I'm so I'm doing the same thing for Ohio State, even though it's a big difference between one game and five game difference. The reason that USC is not getting the same love is because they don't they don't have a top ten win. They have a bunch of very close wins to bad teams. So they're yeah. not they, they haven't looked as good as Ohio State on the field uh, after five games. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 you know, I, here, here's what I did. I put out a show saying, I believe Ohio state to be a top four team. However, the games have to still matter, no matter what we think of an eye test or how much talent recent results, the games have to matter. Yes. And then Florida and LSU happened. Now I'm thinking the games don't freaking matter. Right. Because nothing happened. So do you saw the Dabo Sweeney comments? Yeah. Did you agree yeah. with them? Um, yes, but I listen. I mean, what did he say that was wrong? Let's go let's I'm, start there. I'm playing let's make a deal. Yeah. So I'm fine with Ohio State being in as long as I never have to hear about our one game again. That's my caveat. That's that's a that, that's a great if way. You're getting five weeks out of pocket. We're crediting you for wins. I never want to hear about our one ever again. If you're okay with five, philosophically, there's no way you can't be okay with one. What, John? You can't. If Clemson only played five games in a season, they'd be undefeated right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying. Now again. I, I have Ohio State in my top four. I think they're one of the four best teams in the country. Skin. Nobody had them getting boat raced out of Purdue a couple of years ago and yeah. Iowa before that. That's yeah, why the games points. matter, yeah, even it, though it, it we does. think you're great. It, it does. It does. Um, my, my dream scenario starts with this weekend with the, with the Tigers uh, revenging the loss. And, and you uh, want a piece Irish. of Ohio State. Yeah, That's what you Ohio want, State. buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, want all, I want all that smoke. Yep. Because um, yep. there is no smoke there. Uh, we, of course, Clemson is their daddy. Everybody yep. knows that. All right, John, I think we've said it all and not a, and nothing at all at the same time. Yeah, that, that's the best way to do it. Yes. Um, but this is exciting, man. Um, and, and, you know, here's, here's one little thing I want to finish on. Yes. This year has been rough for everybody. There has been nobody not negatively impacted in one yep. way or another by everything going on politically, societally, virus-wise, everything. Yeah. This Saturday, in a lot of ways for a lot of people like us, is one little innocent joy payoff for everybody dealing with all that. Saturday is going to be a hell of a lot of fun all day, and we all deserve it. Everybody's been through so much. Have a beer and enjoy it. I agree. This has been, in many ways, a terrible year. In most ways, a terrible year. Uh, it was an election year, a very divisive election. Uh, coronavirus has is, is, is pretty much ruined society. Uh, no matter which uh, political spectrum you stand on, I think we can all agree on that. The one saving grace is that we had college football. For all us college football fans anyway, I can't speak for everybody. There's a lot of people out there that could give two shits about college football. I'm not one of them. Obviously, you're not either. It has been somewhat of an escape. And uh, the fact that we're even here in December, a week before Christmas, having a game between uh, two great uh, teams to see who's going to uh, you know, represent the ACC in the playoffs, hopefully both of them do if it's, if it's up to me, uh, is, is, uh, is, it was all worth it uh, to me. So, you know what? I, at the end of the day, I, you know, I wish the Irish luck. I hope all the players stay healthy on both sides of the ball. I hope it's a great game. And hopefully we get both those guys in there and we can show them what the ACC is all would about. You, would you wait? Would you do? Would you listen? If Notre Dame and Clemson got in, 
Would you count that as a feather in the ACC's cap or no? Because in Notre Dame's half-assed agreement, no, would you be like, it. would you write it off as like that? I'm taking whatever I can get, John. I'll be, on, <laughs> yeah. I'll be on, on Twitter all day long tweeting about how the ACC is the superior conference because they got two play, uh, two yeah, teams. Yeah. There. there goes that SCC talk, getting multiple teams in. Look at us. Yeah, I'm taking what I can get, man. Yeah, I don't blame you. But like it, it should be fun. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, what I hope is, I hope we have a really good game again. That That's what I hope, one way or the other. Yeah, me too. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. It's been an amazing conversation. And maybe, uh, may, maybe we'll see how the game goes. We might be doing a third show. It crossed it, my mind, it, man. It possible. The rubber match. It's possible. Can you? And this is a, this is a pretty unbelievable to even think this is possible. Clemson could hypothetically play Notre Dame three times in one season. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's wild. Um, that is wild to think about. But it, yeah. it could it could match up that way. So if that happens, obviously we'll be back again to uh, to discuss the the whole thing. So see you guys later. Thanks for joining us. It's been great. Thanks, John. Take care.